don't pick your nose in front of me, please. I'm not picking, I'm scratching. What are you scratching, your brain? Yeah, because it's huge. And hello, hello, and welcome to Garrett Talk Sports. I am your host, Garrett Clausen, and I am joined today by two of my close friends here. Uh, I've got Andy Crawford and Taylor Pyatt on the line. How you guys doing? Fantastic. What's up, man? All right. Yeah, we are uh, long-term uh, Mountain Lake uh, attenders, actually. That, uh, I, I realized that was probably our, our initial meet. Although I do, I do remember meeting Taylor on the bus for school, too. <laughs> that's true. I think we met on the bus first. Yeah, that's uh, all the way back to like middle school, high school days. So it's, uh, it's been a while. We're um, old, man. Uh, just a little bit. It's it's fine. It's fine. We don't we don't worry about it too much. <laughs> um, today we're actually going to be doing a little bit of a college football preview episode. Uh, we're going to break down some of our favorites that we think are going to make the playoff and make a championship run. Maybe a dark horse here or there, and some of our favorites for Heisman or some of the awards. Um, before we get into that, though, I wanted to take a brief moment to do some uh, some more Braves Dodgers chat because I know. Everybody loves to to get this rivalry going here, and uh, Crawford and Pyatt are big Braves fans. So, uh, how how are you guys feeling on your on the season now that we're down to the final month of the regular season? Uh, I'd feel better if we could win these games that we should win. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, they seem to be just on the cusp of catching the Mets and drop a game or two here or there. Yeah, it's a little it's a little frustrating watching that. I wish uh, I wish y'all would do y'all's job and and beat the Mets, <laughs> make it a little easier for us. I, I yeah, I really thought that the the the, the Dodgers were going to do better against the Mets than they did. And it makes me a little nervous uh, that they're the Mets pitching is just something else, man. They're shutting everybody down right now. Yeah, they have the quite the rotation. Yeah, the Mets aren't pulling a Mets though thus far this season. Yeah, the well, I mean, it helps obviously that they have Degrom back and and Scherzer healthy now. It's just a, it's a danger. I mean, and they got a really solid bullpen too. So, I would really, really like to help you guys and and get the you know get you guys to win the division because I really want that rubber match, the third NLCS between the Dodgers and Braves. And the only way that's going to happen is if the Braves win the win their division. So, um. You guys, you guys still feeling strong? You still like your World Series chances, Pyatt? Uh, I, yes and no. I mean, normally I'm used, like I said, the Mets pulling the Mets by now. Um, but I think getting Ozzy back will help, and then hopefully when Soroka comes back, he comes back as like the old Soroka. You know, I think that'll help a lot. Yeah, Soroka is definitely a wild card because we haven't seen him pitch in over two years at this point. Yeah, two years. Yeah, uh, Crawford. How about you? How what? What do you? What are you putting your chances at of of getting back to the World Series? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of on the same page as uh, Pyatt. Um, I mean, I I think that it's possible for sure. We just definitely need some things to go our way uh, to get there. Especially, uh, obviously, Obby's coming back. I think is going to be a big help in the lineup. And then uh, if Acuna can just stay healthy, um, we're I mean the stats. Don't lie, we're, we're we win more when he's in the lineup. So you know, if we can keep that going, and then the pitching can hopefully stay solid, uh, I think there's a shot. Yeah, um, maybe, but maybe Acuna being hurt is the good luck charm that you need because obviously y'all did it last year without him. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. 
We'll see what happens. Like you said, we're finally we're in the home stretch now. September is my um, I don't know about you guys, one of my favorite months of the year because it's the wind down of the baseball season and football is here and the weather's getting cooler and I'm I'm just ready for it. I hope you guys are. Look, I've been ready for cooler. football season since <laughs> the national title ended. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard because it's obviously the the off season for football is just so long. It's so much longer than every other sport, and so it just makes us anxious for it. But um, all right, well, I guess that uh, we'll see what happens. I, I you know the Dodgers, I I'm not worried about them losing too much. They're gonna they're they could go 500 and set their franchise record for uh, the most wins in a season. So. I'm uh I'm pretty happy with our with our season so far. I just I really mean, hope we're 18 games up on the Padres. Yeah, so. I would love to see the Padres miss the playoffs too after making all their splashy moves. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm excited for the baseball playoffs. It's always a good time. But uh, we'll go ahead now and jump into our college football preview. Obviously, you two are um, very very big UGA fans, and uh, yes, sir. Coming off right on, of the uh, the championship, I'm sure you guys are feeling pretty pretty confident. Yeah, uh, man. I just wanted one in my life, man. It's all I wanted. <laughs> it was one in my life. I got it. I, I want more, obviously, but I got my one. You got a taste. Now you want the now you want it repeated <laughs> repeated <laughs> dynasty. Yeah, I mean one's great, but why stop there? You know. <laughs> exactly. Um, what what right now? I mean, how we'll start with the dogs because obviously this is whatever you know. Most of our listeners are probably UGA fans, and so what do you you know? What do you like? What are your chances? Obviously, we lost a ton of players to the draft last year. The most defenders like in one draft NFL draft ever. Um, so I mean, how you think the the defense is going to be able to be retooled and ready to go for another run? Uh, Taylor, you want to go? or You want me to? You can go first. <clears throat> so, I keep hearing that 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 the defense lost a lot of production to the draft, which is true. I mean, I think it was fifteen total players overall, uh, offense and defense, and then it was something like, gosh, I don't know, eighty percent of defensive production. Um, which is, uh, I could be wrong on that, but it, it's something ridiculous. Um, but I think what a lot of people failed to realize, especially if they didn't watch Georgia play is that Kirby does a really good job of rotating players and getting younger guys experience, especially in big games. And I think that's going to pay dividends um, when the season truly starts and we start, you know, getting into the stretch closer to the end of the season. Um, I don't know. They just kind of keep it like a revolving door on defense in pretty much every position. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at what – I mean, Kirby obviously came – from from Nick Saban, and he's been the king of retooling his defense every single year. So, um, if he took anything from him, you you got to hope that uh, that Georgia can do the same thing. And it's not like they haven't been top, you know, at least in the top ten for the most part in most of the recruiting classes over the last several years. So, yeah, um, I I don't see why they couldn't. It's just it's a lot to ask. It's a lot. Of, obviously, one of the best defenses we've ever seen in college football. Um, it's obviously asking a lot for them to repeat that, but certainly not out of the realm of possibility. What about you, Taylor? How do you how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I think there's going to be some drop off of the defense. Obviously, you know, losing that much talent, but you got to look like this, right? Kind of like Crawford said, you know, we 
he rotates a lot of players. I think this is going to be Nolan Smith's time to shine, right? Who's what the number one or two overall recruit in the 2019 class. He did pretty good last year, but he was just overshadowed by, you know, like Jordan Davis and Wyatt and Walker. Um, you know, you have him, you have Keely Ringo, young cornerback, right? He, he could be fantastic. You got Jalen Carter, who he was not a starter, but he played, I think ended up being more snaps actually than Jordan Davis did. So I think you're going to, you know, you're going to have some production still there, but I think you will see a little bit of a drop off. Yeah. And I think that's, that's to be expected. I, I, I think they were deep last year. And I think that was part of why they were so good is because they, they could rotate and they, you know, they weren't sacrificing a lot of talent when they would bring other guys in. So um, I mean, no, Nolan Smith, uh, you, you know, you bring him up and he, he was a, a preseason All-American. So it, obviously there's a, there's a lot of hope for him uh, to come in and, and kind of lead that defense. So um, what would you, I mean, obviously bias aside, what do you, th- you really, do you, either of you think that the, uh, the chances of repeating are, are pretty high or do you feel more confident in another team? I think it's going to be a rough road. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think I, I can see them running the East. Honestly, um, you know, we might have a loss depending. Kentucky's supposed to be pretty good this year. Um, Tennessee's defense, I don't think is very great, but they have a high powered offense. Right. And then Florida, it's, you know, Georgia, Florida. Right. So you never know what's going to happen in that game. Um, so I can see, I can see them winning the East. I think if we end up against, Alabama in the SEC tournament again, it's going to be rough because they're returning so many players. Yeah. I mean, they, and they, they all, they always seem to as well. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about you Crawford? Yeah. Um, obviously it's not going to be as clear cut as last year. Um, I do think our offense is going to be a lot better. So that's going to help us probably win games more than maybe the defense will this year. Um I don't know. I have a tough time seeing Tennessee beating us at home in the regular season. I know their offense is going to be really good, but beating Georgia at home, um, I don't see it happening. I think Kentucky is also probably going to be the other problem during the season, uh, especially with Will Levis at quarterback. Uh, he's honestly my Heisman dark horse. Uh, he's but, a unit. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think if, if Georgia can make it, through the season, the regular season unscathed, and make it to that SEC championship game, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be at least in the playoff. Um, at that point, though, I, I think it could be a toss-up uh, with the other teams that are more than likely going to be there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be at least a, a top-five team for most of the season. Uh, I still am in the camp that they should expand the playoff, which I think I saw either earlier today or yesterday that they're meeting up again to talk about expanding it again. So that could be uh Yeah, I think they announced that today that they were talking about expanding it. So, I mean, I'd be cool even if they just went to like an 18. I, I think eight teams would be good. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I've always said. At this point too, though, with the, with the future of these conferences turning into these like mega conferences basically. Right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of more in the camp that like, let's do away with quote unquote conferences and turn it into like almost like the NFL, like do do divisions based off of what the old conferences were, and then everybody who wins that division goes to the playoff, and then you have two like wild card teams, and then you have the 
SEC champion and the Big Ten champion play each other for the national championship. Like, I I don't see any reason they couldn't do that if they're gonna if we're gonna end up with two mega conferences and everyone else is gonna be a joke. Like, let's just do that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, in the next two or three years, I see more teams moving to these two conferences. Exactly, I really do. And I feel like the ACC is just kind of going to kind of drop on, you know, drop off a little bit because the ACC, I don't feel like, are going to be grabbing these elite programs like these other two conferences will. Right. It's tough. It's tough, obviously, because for football, you know, the ACC is isn't as good. But if they expand that into other sports, you know, the ACC is more of a king in like basketball. Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this progresses in the future. As a USC fan, it is extremely weird to know that in the future we're going to be playing Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State on a regular basis. That's just that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's goofy. <laughs> like half of our game, we'll have, play half our games at home, and the other half will be on like the Midwest or East Coast. That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be weird not having y'all uh, doing Pac-12 after dark every weekend. That'll be nice being an East Coast <laughs> fan. <laughs> You know, actually, gotta watch games team. before midnight. You know, you won't <laughs> yeah, <at> a.m. <laughs> yeah, that part I'm okay with. Um, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, so who who do you guys think uh, other than so if you if you say that Georgia makes the playoff, what uh what are the other three teams that you think have the best shot of making the playoff right now? I'll start with you, Crawford. Um, so for me, um, this isn't going to be in any particular order. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and the fourth team for me is kind of a toss-up. I I have a weird feeling Clemson isn't going to make it. I, they probably will win the ACC, but I I think there's too many question marks there. You really don't know if DJU is going to be worth a damn. Um, and I, you know their defense is always good, but their defense coordinator left, so who knows how that's going to go. Um, so that four spot's tough for me to pick. Uh, I, I would love to see a Pac-12 team get it. Maybe Utah, if they can run the table, or or maybe even if USC could could make something happen. Um, so I, that's kind of where I'm going. I, like I said, it's it's hard for me to pick that fourth team. Yeah, there's a the the, the top three do feel relatively consistent amongst most people. I think uh, Ohio State. Bama and Georgia feel obviously they're the top three now um but the, uh, in my opinion at least especially back when we had the the BCS before we had the playoff the getting yourself in the top five or so at the beginning of the year was almost like a bad omen <laughs> yeah because yeah. you had a target on your back all year and everybody was just looking to dethrone you and it happened I mean as a USC fan I saw it in the countless times um and it happens, you know, it happens to the to the best of us. But now with the playoff, it's a little bit better in terms of uh, of that not happening. But uh, what, Pia? What about you? Who who are your four favorites to make the playoff? Obviously, number one, I got to go Alabama. Um, elite talent, Nick Saban. I'm pretty sure he sold his soul to the devil for <laughs> his squad. Um, I think Ohio State, I don't think they have a super difficult schedule. I mean, yes, they play Michigan, but Michigan beat them last year for the first time in how long again? So uh, I'm going to go Alabama, Ohio State. I think if Georgia runs the table in the East, even if they lose in the SEC title, they'll be put in. Uh, my fourth one's actually, I actually agree with Crawford. Um, I like Utah a lot. I think they're going to be really, really good this year. 
So I've got Utah as my fourth team. I think with Clemson, I mean, obviously, you know, they run, they've ran the ACC for years now, but I, I agree. DJU, he, he's supposed to be this big elite talent and he just kind of hasn't really shown me anything. And then like, you know, you got Notre Dame who everyone always picks to go in. But I think Notre Dame not playing in a conference actually hurts them with this. Like, I think it, makes it more difficult for them to get in. And even if they run the table, people are going to still say, hey, you know, you got spanked every time you've been in the college football playoffs. And <laughs> who do you play during the season? So. And they play USC. So don't don't hate too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Utah is, uh, is certainly a very, a very curious team. Um, we haven't seen them put up uh, a powerhouse season but uh, this is, I think, as far as I know, I, I could be definitely mistaken on this, but this might be the highest preseason rank I think I've ever seen them have. Um, I think right. Yeah, from what I can remember, at least. Yeah. Uh, Clemson is really one of, it, to me, is one of the most interesting ones, too, because like, like you guys have kind of both mentioned, DJ Ugalele, Ugabugu, whatever you want to call him, D- <laughs> he, um, he obviously was a very high-heralded prospect, and everyone has ex- his expectations have been super high, and he's not lived up to those standards yet. But I wonder a little bit if part of it came with coming in the year after Trevor Lawrence, who was like everybody's godsend at quarterback, um, that if the pressure was just too high, which I know for a quarterback, like you, you have to be able to handle the pressure or you're never going to be good enough. Um, but I, I, I'm curious to see if he, a year, you know, a, for another year removed from Trevor Lawrence being gone and it being more of his team now, if he can take a step forward and maybe, uh, and maybe surprise some people, obviously the, the coaches poll and the AP, they, they think highly of them cause they have them ranked number four to start the season. Um, it's whether or not they can handle the, the pressure to get all the way there. They obviously don't have an overly tough schedule, so uh, winning the ACC should be should be an easy route for them. Yeah, um, I mean, with Clemson too. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if DJU doesn't play well early in the season that Dabo doesn't bench him because they have another supposed to be super talented quarterback behind him. So, yeah, I mean, we we saw that last year from uh, uh, Spencer Rattler with in Oklahoma. He was a very high heralded prospect, and they. Uh, they benched him because he wasn't playing well enough at Oklahoma and Caleb Williams took over. So um, some of these coaches don't care. They just want to win games. <laughs> I mean, at some point I think you got to look at it too, right? And like, we're not getting the production. We thought we were out of you. Let's try something else. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, now Spencer Rattler is what at South Carolina. It's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> There's a there's a couple of uh, of sneaky SEC teams that I think could could definitely make a name for themselves. I think you know I don't think South Carolina is very good, but if for whatever reason Spencer Rattler like turns his himself around in a new area and maybe they make a make a couple of upsets here or there. Um, I also think Arkansas is a little sneaky. Um, they were solid last year. They returned a lot of their starters. Um, and I think that they have a, a chance of maybe pulling some upsets. I don't know if I think they could make the playoff or anything like that. But Yeah. I think Pittman's doing a good job at Arkansas, too. I think he's building a really good culture there. Yeah. Um, do you guys have a like a, a deep dark horse, somebody that uh, is 
either you know lower on the top 25 or or somebody that is uh even unranked right now that you think has a shot of making a run i mean obviously we saw that from cincinnati last year i i, I know none of you picked that to happen because nobody did right. <laughs> uh um, crawford i'll let you go first um yeah that's a that's a tough question i i have a couple that i'd like to see but who i think actually would um I don't know, maybe Baylor or uh, also NC State is apparently uh, supposed to be looking pretty good. I could see them giving Clemson a run for their money in the ACC, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, but both solid programs. We can see something out of either of them, Baylor especially. The I feel like the I'm I'm, cur- I'm curious what the the decision of some of these teams like Texas and Oklahoma to leave their conferences, what that does for them for these like next couple of years while they're still in that conference, you know, Um, I kind of think some of the other teams like Baylor or Oklahoma state um, start to try and make a a name for themselves early be like, Hey, this is our conference now. Like we're going to, we're going to make a run at it. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to, (laughs) because once Texas and Oklahoma are gone, there's basically nobody else. (laughs) (laughs) Same for the Pac-12. I mean, I mean, Utah is good this year, but I don't know if they'll continue that, you know, into multiple seasons of being, you know, prominent. Um, and you see it, um, like teams that come out and they have a strong year, right? It helps recruiting and it helps keep them up there, right? I mean, think about it like this, you know, when obviously my Georgia, oh, my Georgia side coming out of me towards the end of Mark Richt. I mean, we had a few strong players, right? And we started winning when Kirby came in. I mean, obviously we, we had some people still that were recruited by Rick, but I mean, we started winning and it started helping Georgia with their recruiting. So right. I mean, you, you see it when teams are winning, they're going to recruit better because play, people want to go play for winning programs. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, yeah, everybody wants a winning culture. It's easy to, to pitch that to, to a, a young kid like, Hey, come here. We're gonna win games, and if you win games, it means you're gonna be on TV more, get more recognition. And if you're good enough, the NILs, man. Uh, that was my, that was my next question. So, the NIL, how? What is your opinion on how the NIL is gonna affect college football going forward? Piat, uh, I'll let you start. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be interesting, right? I I think they're gonna end up doing something with the NIL because you're gonna have these kids that come to these programs. And then, like, uh, who was the kid that, right when he went, decided that he wasn't going to play anymore? It, it was literally announced, like, a month ago. I forgot what his name was. But oh, he I had, like, Yeah, he had, like, an NIL deal. And I'm like, so what are they going to do with these kids that say they're going to go there and play there? And then they don't. Or they go there, and then they immediately transfer. Like, they've already been guaranteed this NIL money. So I, I feel like they're going to do something to regulate it. I'm glad these kids are getting paid, honestly. I mean, they're making the money for the school. So they obviously deserve to get paid. That and I can have NCAA football back. Thank you. <laughs> um, you can bet. As soon as that goes on pre-sale, I'm pre-ordering it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think the NIL is a good thing. Uh, but I do think that these big powerhouse schools that have all this money, right? Texas, for example, has a lot of money. Alabama has a lot of money. I think people are going to be more encouraged to go to those bigger programs that have all of this money than these smaller ones. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Crawford, what about you? Where you where you kind of stand with it right now? Yeah, I'm kind of with Taylor. Uh, and then the the other big issue I see is <clears throat> it's going to turn at some point into bidding wars, basically. So these boosters that are at these big name schools, like in Alabama, Ohio State, 
Georgia, all your, all your top schools with all the money, they're going to start basically bidding on recruits. And the recruits going to want to go where they're going to get the most money. And I think that's, that's going to kind of taint college football a little bit if they don't do something to it, like a, almost like a salary cap or something like that. Right. Um, I mean, you know, like Taylor said, I, I definitely agree with them get, getting paid because uh, they deserve it for sure. But there's there's got to be something to regulate it or else it's just going to get way too out of hand. And then we're going to, you know, possibly see college football start changing for the worse. Yeah, that's that, that's honestly my biggest fear is that the if there's not some form of reform to regulate it and. I like that the salary cap idea sounds like a, a decent idea to where, you know, one team can't just, you know, you can only spend X number of dollars or something like that on these NIL deals. And um, it, if you go over it, like you can't offer anymore, which I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know the specifics on how they'd be able to pull that off, but I do think that that's, I, a, um, that's something yeah, they I, should do. I don't think they'd be able to pull that off. Right. Cause all these, all this NIL money, it's not necessarily coming from the school. Right. So you've got all these big collectives, right, that are just pulling all this money together and throwing it out there. How, how are you going to control these collectives or these companies that want to pay people, but if they're like, oh, well, there's a cap on this team. I, I don't see what they're going to be able to really dictate having a cap unless they're like, hey, all of these, uh, you know, you, you have a list of collectives and companies and whatever, only a certain amount, each of them can only donate a certain, uh, you know, amount to it. I think it's just too hard to regulate that. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably not wrong about that. It's just, it's scary to think because obviously, you know, teams like Alabama that ha- are already nationally like getting the best recruits anyways, because Saban built such a good program um, and is constantly getting players to the NFL. Like he's got plenty of, of pitching points to start, but if they're also one of the best places to go for NIL, how are you ever going to stop that dynasty at that point? And that's, and that's what I, that's one of the things like for me, I've turned more to, to the NFL over the last several years because of these dynasties that just feel so unbroken. Like it was so nice to see Georgia win last year and dethrone Alabama and Clemson because I kind of got tired of seeing the same team win all the time. Like it's, it's not fun if there's not enough parody. Um, and you know, and so. I, I hope that the NIL it, it finds a way th- these athletes deserve to be paid. Don't get me wrong, especially the ones that like they're going there and they, and they were told that, like they couldn't even get jobs. I'm like, I know what it's like to be in college with no money. Like you gotta, you gotta pay them at least something, but yeah, it makes me nervous. It makes me very nervous. I mean, I think another way that they could do it. If you, if you want to go like a quote unquote salary cap kind of thing, don't let these outside companies do anything with it, right? Don't don't let these collectives throw money into it. I mean, they let's say you can have the collectives donate money to the school, and each school is set a certain amount they can give to the players. But I think the issue with that route of it is how you can dictate how much each player gets, right? You you could say they could say, hey, everyone's getting this amount across the board, but I feel like the better players can be like, well, why am I not getting more? than this person who's never going to see the field. So I, I just I think it's going to be something difficult to control. All right, so other than the NIL, one other uh, kind of new thing for college football over the last couple of years is the uh, the emergence of the transfer portal. Um, how, how do you guys kind of think that this is kind of changing 
college football, uh, you, you like you like the fact that they're making it easier for these guys to transfer, or what do you what do you think this does for some of these teams? Especially, you know, I'm a USC fan, and it's a it's a big deal for us because we went from being terrible to having a pretty decent team this upcoming year. Um, yeah, like half your team, man. <laughs> Crawford, what do you uh, what do you think on the transfer portal? Um, you know, when they first started allowing this kind of unlimited transfer, do what you want kind of thing, I, I was. I was pretty skeptical. I thought it was going to be a problem, but really I haven't, I haven't seen an issue with it yet. And I don't think that we will really see an issue with it. It seems to be working just fine so far. Um, I mean, I haven't really seen Georgia benefit from it yet, but there's plenty of other teams that have kind of made their living off the transfer portal, especially a lot of lower level teams. Kind of like uh, look at teams like Georgia tech. And like you said, USC, they've, they've kind of built their programs recently out of a, uh, transfer players so uh, you know it, i think i think it works yeah georgia's georgia's more of the uh the farm for the feeder other, yeah 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 exactly they're, they're transferring from georgia to go other places and get chances which i i think speaks to the depth at the at the program which is good oh yeah um, but uh yeah what about you taylor you you kind of like the transfer portal uh yes and no um I am all for people being able to transfer. I remember how it used to be where, what, you essentially had to have some sort of, like, crazy reasoning to transfer. Um, I'm blank on the kid's name, but he went to Georgia, and he wanted to be back home to be closer to his grandmother because she was sick, and they wouldn't give him eligibility. And, you know, you had to have some wild excuse to be able to play. So I like it in the fact that they can transfer and play. I do think there maybe needs to be a limit on it. Maybe not like, you know, only so many people can transfer, but more so of a time period. So you can only transfer between this time and this time, right? You have, you know, your spring camp, right? I don't think halfway through spring camp, someone should be like, okay, I'm transferring. I, I think they need to set like time periods, like you know, two weeks in the fall, two weeks in the spring, or even a full month, honestly. But just make it like, I guess, a time period that they can transfer. Yeah, I could see that. That's, that's at least helpful for the programs, uh, either who were banking on using some of those guys, or the in, you know helping the, even helping the kids who have to go to a new program and try and learn on the fly. Um, although I do feel like a lot of the ones that do transfer are ones that weren't really expected to get a lot of playing time. So I don't know how much their teams were counting on them. Um, I mean, you also see these players who think they're going to lose their starting job and just transfer last minute right yeah it's um it certainly made things interesting i i I obviously i think i have a slight bias to it because i it really has brought usc out from the ashes um but i'm also curious because like i like usc this year it'll be fun to actually watch them this year but i don't know how well a group of transfers are going to mesh together and be able to like go in and just like play football together and and be talented like you see all these like nba and superstar teams where they uh you know they all get traded to the same team and then they end up not being worth a crap because they're not they don't mesh together well so I'm, i am curious a little bit whether or not that will affect a, a team like usc i mean i think it will um them not having that time together to kind of learn how each other plays. But then again, you have these elite athletes, right? I mean, certain positions, you don't really have to mesh well with other positions. 
Um, so, I mean, you have these elite athletes who can just go out there and ball out no matter where they go or when they get there. So, I mean, you also have that side of the coin as well. Right. Crawford, do you think uh, that uh, that USC has any kind of shot with a, with a bunch of transfers playing together for the first time? I mean, I guess it depends on your, your, version, your definition of shot. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think uh, – They'll be in the top probably of the Pac-12, not not the number one spot, but I think they'll they'll at least have a decent record, probably a a winning record, I would say. Um, I don't think they're going to win the Pac-12, but they'll they'll definitely look a lot better than they have in the past for sure. Yeah, that yeah that that's encouraging. <laughs> I, I'm putting it y'all at eight or nine wins for the year. I, I think with a new head coach, new system. All these new players. I, I've got to all eight or nine wins this season, but I think next season y'all end up winning. Y'all end up winning the pack. Yeah, I hope so. What'll be interesting though is to see how many of them are able to stick around, and because like Jordan Addison, that was that that was that was the one that got me the most excited. Getting Caleb Williams was great, but getting Jordan uh, Jordan Addison to pair with him, you know, I mean, he won the Bolitnikov last year. He was amazing, um, and so. That's the one that really excited me, but uh, you wonder, you know, if they get a, a, enough of a rapport together and they look decent this year, how much the NFL is going to come calling to them. So we'll see. We'll see. That's the, that's the hard part about transfers um, is most of them, you're going to get one shot at it. And if you don't, if it doesn't work, then you got to go back to your recruiting pool. Um, but, I mean, I think uh, also USC always puts out elite receivers though. That's true. So, yeah, they 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 they've had a a nice nice deep run of receivers over the last several years for sure, um, but uh, we'll we'll move on to uh, some some Heisman hopefuls here. Um, do you guys have a a favorite that you think has the the best chance to win the Heisman, Crawford? Um, so I think C.J. Stroud's probably going to win it. Uh, I don't see any reason he couldn't. Uh, Ohio State's probably going to roll. Um, and he's going to put up some stupid video game numbers. Um, so I, he's my favorite. Bryce Young is going to be in a close second. I don't think he wins it back to back though. So that's uh, those are those are my top two, I guess. Fair enough. What about you, Taylor? I hate to say it because I hate Alabama with everything inside of me, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be Bryce Young again. Although I would love to see a defensive player win it. I think if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Will Anderson on defense. Yep. Dude is an absolute stud. Okay. Uh, he, he, no way he is not the number one pick next year. Dude is just so ridiculously good. I, I mean, I would love to see a defender win it. Um, my, I, I do have a dark horse, though. Um, and I'm forgetting his name. He's out of <laughs> quarterback for NC State. Um gosh i'm blanking but uh, yeah um nc state's quarterback dude is elite and i I like to watch him play and i think he has a pretty good shot i I don't know if he'll win it but i I think he'll be in that conversation for sure devin leary thank you gosh i was gonna drive me nuts not being able to that yeah devin leary (laughs) Yeah, um, it's it'll it'll be fun to see uh, a team like that, uh, like NC State, you know, go on a run and and maybe have a player uh, like him make a name for himself. Um, I do my, one of the names that I really like uh, that I think has a really good shot. I know it's been a minute since we've seen a running back win the award, but Bijan Robinson of Texas, 
is a freak athlete. And if they are a, like a hair better than they've been over the last couple of years, I would not be shocked if he puts up like stupid numbers and, and runs away to a, a potential Heisman. Um, it's, it's tough because I don't expect them to like make the playoff probably. And I feel like the Heisman winner almost always comes from a playoff team at this point. But um, watch out for B. John Robinson. I think I think he's going to be very, very fun to watch. He was last year, and I think that yeah. he'll continue. Yeah, I mean, path. speaking of running backs, too, another good one who I don't think his team's going to do amazing this year. I mean, they'll be okay, is uh, Tank Bigsby. Yeah, yeah. That dude, I wouldn't want to be in front of him with him running Yeah, the he's so. a huge. Yeah, he uh, that that'll be that'll be an interesting uh, set of set of players for sure. The the as of right now, the the betting odd favorite is C.J. Stroud, followed by uh, Bryce Young. Um, but you got a couple of other names on there: Caleb Williams of USC, DJU, Will Anderson. All of them are in kind of the top five of betting odds. Um, I man. I would like to. I would like to see another. You know, it was kind of fun seeing Devonte Smith, seeing another a non-quarterback or running back win the award. Um, so I wouldn't be if, if C.J. Stroud and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba get on a real connection. You know, I guess there's a decent chance that he could he could put up a shot at winning it as well. Uh, it's just so hard for the receivers because they always want to give it to the quarterback who gave it to them. You know. Yeah, man. I, I, I feel like it's turned into a quarterback race, not a Heisman race. Right. But uh, we'll, we'll see. That's why that's why they have all the other awards, though. You know, nothing uh, nothing says let's give everybody an award, like uh, award for every position. <laughs> I mean, uh, Brock Bowers got robbed of his last year, but we're not going to get into that. Hey, Bauer, Bowers has a uh, – uh, if he doesn't win it this year, uh, best tight end, then that, that's just crazy. He is the the all of the preseason All-American at tight end. So, Yeah, unfortunately, his problem this year is Darnell Washington and uh, Eric Gilbert kind of taking snaps from him. So, I don't know, man. I think they're going to run some three tight end sets. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, just, I don't think he gets as many targets as he did last year. Yeah, I mean the three the three tight end sets is actually almost scarier if you're gonna uh, hope that somebody wins the wins that award just because they uh, yeah they have the potential to spread it to multiple different players as rather than him being the only one on the field at the position. I would love um, to see them run some three tight end sets because that is by far the best tight end locker room in all of college football, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> That's some big boys, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Um, I will say, I don't know if I really gave my, my, my dark horse team that I, I really like this year. And I don't even know if it's considered dark horse. I mean, they're, they're number six in the preseason, uh, poll, but watch out for Texas A&M. If it's not this year, it could be next year. These guys have been like top three in recruiting over the last couple of years. And I'm kind of ready for them. I think they have a really good shot of, uh, pulling some upsets and maybe running the table. Um, I think that they could be a really, really good squad this year. Um, I would like to I, – I almost w- – it's hard because Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M all making the playoffs seems unlikely to have three SEC schools. But, man, if they knock one of – if they knock Bama out, that would be – that would be, first of all, amazing. But second of all, 
um, it would. I, I, there's just there's something about them that I really like this year. Yeah, I, I think they'll they're going to do pretty well. I, I really do. Um, honestly, I've been saying mark your calendar October eighth, A and M Alabama. I think whoever wins that game is going to the SEC title. Oh, for sure. I it's, yeah, it's the it, that's the SEC West Championship game right there. Because <laughs> uh, I'd be a little shocked if anybody else really really won it. But um, yeah, I think that's really. I mean, you guys have anything? Any other big points? Uh, the expectations for this season? That uh, I think that about covers everything I really had. Man, I'll. Uh, I, I just want to throw out a deep, deep, deep dark Heisman. Uh, you know, possibility, and that this is a risk of sounding like a homer, but uh, Stetson Bennett, if that boy, if they if they open up the offense like I keep hearing, like they're gonna do, and with the weapons he's gonna have around him on offense, I, you know, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't make me feel bad to put a, put a couple hundies down to <laughs> for him to win the Heisman. <laughs> Yeah, you're trying to make some money. That's definitely uh, that's mega mega money if you if you hit on that one. Yeah, I mean, right now he's sitting at plus twelve thousand five hundred. So, yeah, it's it's worth a shot. It's all and it's always fun. I always tell people like if you're gonna make bets, like make a even if it's not great odds, make a couple bets on your own team because that way it's that much better when you when you watch them win and do well because you're already excited that they're winning, but making some money off it too always never hurt anybody you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so i actually i do have uh I, I got a question garrett yeah uh coaching hot seats who do you think are some of the top teams like if they don't produce their coach oh, is gone i got one for you right off the bat go for it and i'm pretty sure everybody already knows it but uh scott frost in nebraska <laughs> yeah if he doesn't yeah. turn things around really quick, he's not going to be there at the end of the year. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we uh, it, it's not off to a good start. We, you know, it's it was weird to me that, co- that you know college football technically started last week. I feel like it always starts Labor Day week, and so the fact that there were games last weekend was kind of weird. Um, but not a great start for them to come out and lose their first game to Northwestern. So yeah. that's yeah, that's definitely Especially a good one. In Dublin, man, you got to take advantage of that. <laughs> Um, let's see uh, other teams that I think he's, he's definitely one just cause he, it's a, a former powerhouse program that, um, that definitely needs to turn it around quickly or, or they're going to want a new regime. I will say, I don't, I'm not sure how much of a hot seat I would think he was on, but if Michigan doesn't have a great year, Harbaugh, could, I mean, he's been rumored to leave multiple times, anyways. So I'm curious if he has like a really bad season if they if they get rid of him. Yeah, I feel um, like he's been rumored uh, to be gone for like the past five years. Is what it right, like. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's always something about him. Yeah, I don't know if he's just always like a one foot in, you know, one foot out the door, one foot in kind of guy. Just wants to always keep his options open. But they've been good over the last couple of years. If they have a really bad year, though, I, I wonder if they're just like, okay, we're done putting up with the games. Like, see ya. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, my other one, uh, definitely Scott, uh, Scott Frost is by far number one on my list. Um, my second one is going to be Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah, I was going to say him too. Um, he's what? The most games he's won since he's been there in the season's three. He's been there yeah. four years now. 
I know it takes a couple of years to rebuild, especially when you're changing an offense as drastically as they did. But I just I don't feel like he's making any sort of headway attack. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. We haven't we haven't seen Tech be overly like productive or or you know have a good winning season here in quite some time. Which I know doesn't bother you guys that much, but <laughs> no. Speaking of Tech, though, Garrett, I do have a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. Um, your uh, your logo looks way too slimmer to the Georgia Tech logo for me. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Well, funny story. Um, when when I first, so obviously I'm from LA. And when my dad first moved out here, um, he, you know, he moved out like a month or two before we, the rest of the family did. Mm-hmm. And I have always like my, my parents, one of my nicknames growing up was always just GT, just my first and middle initial. <laughs> and my dad never really paid that much attention to college football. Like in California, it wasn't really till we moved out here where college football became like a bigger deal. Obviously the South right. loves their college football. But he, he the first time he came home to California uh, from visiting, he brought home a Georgia Tech hat because it had the GT logo on it. And I had that hat for years. Um, and so I'm wondering if he had a little – because my dad is actually the one that designed the logo. So I'm wondering if there's a little bit of Georgia Tech influence in that. <laughs> oh, man. Look, let him know he's kind of dead to me at this point. Okay? <laughs> so, I, I'm sure he's going to listen to this, Doug. You're, you're a little dead to me at this point. So I just want you to know that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, – yeah. I've, I, I will say for – when I first moved here, the – like Georgia and tech were both like, and eh, like neither of them were very good. So it was a little bit easier back then. Cause I didn't, I didn't care either way. I wasn't from here. Like I pulled, like I would pull for tech in those games just cause it was, it was kind of funny to see Georgia fans cry when, <laughs> when tech would win some of those games. But then I remember like the Reggie ball years where he threw away fourth and goal or, you know, fourth and two or whatever it was to lose the game. And, um, but yeah, now now it's it's almost impossible for, to have anyone cheer for Tech. <laughs> they're just they're just they're not even fun to watch anymore. It, it makes me happy whenever I flip over to their game and I just see an empty stadium. So. <laughs> stadium. Well, there, nobody wants to sit in their stadium anyway. It sucks. I don't know if you've ever been there. But it is the worst <laughs> game I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah I went there when George when Georgia played Ole Miss. So that was yeah. like the first time I've ever been there. There there are high school stadiums in better shape than 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 that one. Hundred. You think for a school full of engineers, they'd be able to engineer a better stadium? <laughs> they just don't care about the program. That's the that's the difference. <laughs> no, man, they're rambling wreck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, well, you guys, I appreciate you guys coming on today. I think this was a pretty fun episode. Um, good good luck to the dogs this year. I hope maybe we'll get a chance to. At the very least, I would like to see it, let's, if either both of us make the playoff or both of us miss the playoff. I would like to see Georgia and USC play because I don't know if we've ever really gotten to see I was that. Say, have we? Have we ever played? That'd be cool. I'm sure it has happened if we looked back like deep, deep into the history. But in in my lifetime, I can I do not believe that they have. And yeah. uh, well, no, not in our lifetime. They definitely haven't. Um, I, I decided to try and Google it. And we have played three times. What does 1931, it say? 1931, <laughs> 1933, and 1960, baby. Ooh. All right. Well. <laughs> y'all, y'all are also 3-0 against us, but we're not going to talk about that. Ooh. Well, I, I'm using that for bragging rights forever now. Uh, um, <laughs> shouldn't have told him. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, appreciate it. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, well, the episode to be determined right now, but uh, you can always count on us being back. Taylor, Andy, thank you for, for joining me. Yeah, dude. And thanks for having us. All right. You guys have a great night. We'll talk later. Close my eyes Only for a moment And the moment's gone All my dreams Pass before my eyes In curiosity Dust in the wind Okay, why rushing on hold for a while? But please don't beat yourself up over this thing, bitch. It's not your fault. Damn it, Blue is old. That's what old people do. They die. Sorry. All we are is dust in the wind. Ah, ah, ah. You're my boy, Blue!